Greetings and salutations and welcome to the Trash Fire of Talk podcast with your host, Skit Sam Jones. I am your host, Skit Sam Jones. And first things first, let's look at what has happened this week. Um, Game of Microphones was canceled, as I had mentioned on the previous episode. Uh, So I got added last minute to uh, Oak Park Comedy Club at Hamburger Mary's in Oak Park. I want to give thanks to Vic Pandya for bringing me out. Uh, It was a fun time. Um, Glad I got to get into a new room. Always happy for that. Uh, Jack Baker headlined. Super fun. A bunch of comics there. Um, I got to uh, pick Jack's brain a little bit after the show, which was which was nice. uh, As he's you know one of the one of the top tier in the in the local scene, and uh, you know it was it was nice to get to chat with someone who's who's been doing it a minute and, you know, had some, uh, had some thoughts and advice to give and stuff like that. So definitely a, a worthwhile outing and I'm, uh, glad I got to do it. And again, uh, thanks to Vic and, uh, all of team us comedy. Um, tonight I will be, uh, doing a guest spot at the comedy shrine. Uh, looking forward to that. Um, got a bunch of stuff coming up. Monday, I'll be at So Emo at Elixir in Andersonville. Uh, Thursday, Ashbury Improv at the Ashbury Coffee House in Willow Springs. Wednesday, October 16th, Uncouth is back in action, and we will be playing at the Owl in Chicago. A new addition to the calendar, Saturday, October 26th, I will be at Spoopy Fest 4 at Nacho Treehouse doing a habanero pepper challenge comedy set where I will eat a habanero pepper and then do stand-up. Uh, not the worst thing that I've done to myself, uh, nor the most permanent. Uh, that would still fall to uh, uh, scabbed-up comedy and the fact that I now have the Necronomicon tattooed in my armpit. Um, but yeah, that's going to be fun. And then uh, November 7th, I will be at Riddles in Alsip for the first time. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, Whole bunch going on. So yeah, super stoked for all that. Fair warning, right now, uh, if you hear random noises, my cat is on my lap, purring up a storm, uh, digging her claws into me as she needs, which, you know, that's... uh, what happens? You want to say hi, Kobe? No? Cool. All right. Well, let's continue moving on. Uh, I went and saw the Joker. And, uh, meh. I know that's not going to be the most popular opinion. I know people have all sorts of thoughts on this flick. Um, it's absolutely bleak. Uh, it's nihilistic, it's bitter, um, and I don't know that the movie really has any sort of point of view beyond the world just being full of monsters. Um, and in all honesty, if the movie hadn't had the Joker brand attached, it likely wouldn't be getting the rave attention that it is currently, you know, getting. Because it's kind of just a shittier edgelord version of Taxi Driver. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix no doubt mesmerizing to watch, gives a a very strong performance. Um, The film is ably helmed by Todd Phillips of Hangover fame. Uh, 
there are numerous shots in the movie that will likely be posterized and framed and hanging in many a college dorm room. Uh, that said, many of those same iconic moments are derivative of, if not outright stolen from, earlier and better films, uh, especially by, you know, uh, Scorsese during the 70s era of, of his career, uh, you know, other directors of that era as well. Um, however, one could probably assume that much of the audience, uh, for example, I was in a theater packed exclusively with newly graduated 18-year-olds uh, who were... It, seriously, it was like an entire graduating class. It was fucking wild. Um, to their credit, they were largely well-behaved, did not talk too much, uh, did not pull out their phones, which I enjoyed. Um, but like I said, one can largely assume that much of that audience is unfamiliar with movies like Taxi Driver, King of Comedy, or even to some extent Network, um, you know, with the character of Arthur Fleck uh, doing some grand soliloquizing on TV in one of the film's climactic scenes. Um, I've never felt so confused by what the point of, the point of view of the film was to be, other than everything is awful and everyone is monsters and the fact that there probably isn't much of a point of view is likely the film's largest failing. Uh, we empathize with Arthur Fleck as a character, uh, as his view of the world is the one that we're given. Um, that said, we're even treated to some Fight Club-esque unreliable narration from our protagonist. Um, and make no mistake, Fleck is absolutely the protagonist of the movie. The lone protagonist of the movie. There is no other character that we are ever uh, made to really empathize with. Um, and this movie painfully paints a picture of the world that just kicks the shit out of him at every turn. And, you know, it's not misunderstood perceived slights like a a Travis Bickle in Taxi Driver. Um, instead, legit, everyone in the movie seems like they're out to get Arthur. And it's only when he becomes a violent murderer that his world begins to saturate with color and he finds grace. Uh, literally finds grace. As Phoenix's portrayal goes from, like, a shambling loser to an oddly graceful... Uh, dancer using the whole world as his stage. Um, the fact that it is purposefully uh, made unknown as to how much of the film plays out in the head of Arthur Fleck and how much of it takes place in the larger world around him, it's meant to make the movie sound deep and complex and worth watching over and over for clues. Um, but between the, the purposeful obfuscation of, you know, what we're meant to take from the movie and again, the movie's absolute joylessness, um, makes it for me, not really one worth indulging in more than once. Uh, the most intriguing and interesting thing about the film is largely the discussions that are taking place around the film, which honestly, it's not a good enough movie to deserve. Uh, you've got, you know, the preemptive hand-wringing uh, of, like, 
the DOD sending out a memo warning people to be careful in the theaters in case someone decides to pull a, uh, um, a copycat of the Colorado theater shooting that took place during, uh, the Dark Knight Rises, um, so you've got, you know, that camp of, oh my god, this movie is going to inspire armies of incels to do heinous shit, which, you know, honestly, they don't really need more inspiration, they already feel that same, uh, self-importance, entitlement, and whatnot, uh, that, again, more of a, uh, a Travis Bickle than a Arthur Fleck, you know, because Arthur Fleck is legitimately beat up constantly by the world around him, whereas Travis Bickle is a person who does not understand the world around him, um, and as such, kind of puts himself into positions, uh, of, of being a, an outcast, um, you know, Arthur is an outcast because the world essentially, he, he, he serves no other purpose in the world. They talk about everything from the moment he is born through to the end of the movie. There is never one point where there is any sense of normalcy or humanity to this character that this is not a human being that exists in real life. Um, because he, he is simultaneously like aware and unaware of everything happening around him. And we, as a result, are simultaneously aware or unaware of everything because of the, the unreliable narrative that we're given. So, um, anyway, going back, the, the larger discussions around this movie, like I said, you've got people who are afraid of, you know, oh, this is going to inspire an incel army. And then you've got, uh, people who are on the defensive against that, you know, one of them largely being Tom Phillips, the uh, Todd, sorry, Todd Phillips, the, the director who is doing himself and his movie no favors with his interviews talking about why he stopped making comedy movies and things of that nature because, oh, no one gets the joke anymore. And that sounds so akin to what he's trying to make this Arthur Fleck character mean that it makes Arthur Fleck mean even less because it just sounds like the rambling of some entitled, well-to-do guy who nonetheless feels like the entire world is beating him down. So even Todd Phillips is more of a Travis Bickle than he is an Arthur Fleck. I don't know. I I was not bored while watching the movie, um, but it, it it wasn't... I was distracted by how much it just wore all of its influences on its sleeves. Um, you know, like I said, everything seems cribbed from something else. It's like... Uh, someone read the Cliff's notes of all of these better, uh, you know, films from the seventies and then just threw a clown mask on it. Um, so yeah, this movie doesn't deserve either the hype nor the criticism, uh, that it seems to be getting. It's fine.
Uh, it's that that's the extent of it. It's fine. Um, if you removed all of the references to the Batman universe, it's really just a cheap copy of better movies wearing a costume that we're likely going to be sick of by next Halloween or by the end of this one. Uh, but that always seems to be the case when there is a new Joker, uh, in film. Um, I don't know. Maybe for me, part of this also is the, you know, I, I get that there were a lot of people who didn't like Rob Zombie's Halloween movies because it tried to, uh, bring humanity and explanation to why Michael Myers was the way he was. Um, that said, everything in Zombies movie felt relatively earned. Um, nothing in this movie felt particularly earned because, again, Arthur what simply exists in this movie to be a punching bag. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I've I've given it enough time and enough thought. Uh, it's probably the last that I'll think about it for quite some time. Um, yeah, it was just utterly joyless, which has uh, in the past been par for the course with DC. Um, you know, w- whether it was the Snyderverse versions or now this. Um, I know they're trying to say they're making adult movies, but what they're making is... Uh, dark movies that only seem adult to people who are teenagers or stunted adolescents. I don't know. That was maybe a little more judgmental than that take needed to be. Uh, that, that last little bit, but fuck it. I'm leaving it in. I stand by it. It's fine. This shit, what it it isn't deep. They tried, they failed, whatever. Um, so from some joylessness, that was the Joker uh, let's move on to some joy, uh, joy division more specifically. That's right. We're in the song recommendation part of the episode. And, uh, I, for the first song I'm recommending because I've got the so emo show coming up, I decided to dip back into my more emo proclivities, um, you know, and some of my eighties, you know, post punk and new wave, goth, uh, sensibilities, so, pardon me, oh, excuse me, um, uh, so yeah, first song that I'm recommending, I'm sorry, y'all, I, I am stuck in bed because the cat is sitting on me and I haven't been able to get up, so, and I'm just all out of sorts, you, you, you know how this is, it's the trash fire of talk for a reason, anyway, moving on, First song recommendation, Joy Division's She Lost Control, off of 1979's Unknown Pleasures, the band's debut full-length album. Uh, Few bands as short-lived as Joy Division have had the lasting legacy that the band has. Uh, The band was so short-lived, in fact, that this is the only album that came out while singer Ian Curtis was alive. Given that he committed suicide two months before the release of their follow-up, 1980s Closer, uh, as well as the 1980 non-album single that they're best known for, Love Will Tear Us Apart. Uh, This track, She's Lost Control, takes its lyrical inspiration from Ian Curtis himself, 
witnessing a girl suffering a violent seizure due to epilepsy. Uh, the song's title became the inspiration for the Ian Curtis slash Joy Division biopic Control. Uh, Curtis also suffered from epilepsy and be, uh, between his own seizures and the side effects of the medications he was on, had increased difficulty in both his personal and professional life uh, before finally taking his life shortly before the band was to embark on their first ever North American tour. Um, of note is the fact that the remainder of the band went on to form uh, the band New Order, best known for tracks like Blue Monday and Bizarre Love Triangle. Um, so yeah, that's the first track. Second track, uh, we've gone from Joy Division to My Chemical Romance's Boy Division, which is a track off of uh, the underrated 2012 releases, uh, Conventional Weapons. Uh, Conventional Weapons, uh, this is off the first Conventional Weapons uh, single release. Uh, Conventional Weapons was a release of five different two-track uh, singles. Uh, they consisted of songs that were recorded in uh, 2009, prior to the release of their final full-length album, uh, 2010's Danger Days. But, uh, like I said, this didn't come out until two years after, in 2012. So, these were recorded before Danger Days, released after, uh, and 2012 was kind of a, a shake-up year for My Chemical Romance. Uh, in addition to releasing these five two-track releases, uh, the band went through a number of lineup shifts, uh, some tours, media attacks from various conservative and right-wing pundits and lawmakers in the U.S. and U.K. and beyond, uh, as there was kind of an emo backlash during that time. Uh, and things finally reached a boiling point as the band broke up in 2013. Members of the band have since gone on to various other projects together. Uh, most notable success post My Chemical Romance would probably go to Gerard Way uh, and his work on uh, Umbrella Academy, which is his graphic novel turned Netflix original series, which I recommend if you haven't watched it yet. It's uh, a fun, uh, fun little ride. Um, so there you have it. That's your song recommendations for the episode. Uh, let's move on to the tarot poll. Uh, for this episode, uh, because I'm trapped under a cat, I wasn't able to get to my tarot deck, so I used uh, a random card generator online, and the card we got was the Four of Cups. Now, the Four of Cups is a, a card that requires a little bit of contemplation, because contemplation is what is happening with this, this figure on the card. Uh, and uh, you, as the, the you know, person the card is representing. So there's much going on. Uh, perhaps things are being offered to you uh, and you either haven't noticed or you don't care. Um, you're caught up in your own inner mind work shit right now and that's fine uh, but you have to be careful. If you're too into your own shit to notice what's being offered to you you might miss out. Uh, the flip side of this being if you're so overwhelmed with shit that you need to start doing that kind of inner mind shit and, you know, check in with yourself before you take anything else on, that's also more than fair. 
you know, sometimes what you turn down now will leave you open to something bigger down the line. It's all about knowing what you can or can't take on at any given time. Uh, you know, and making sure that you're giving your best to the things that you're required to attend to. Uh, so if you're closing yourself off so that you uh, can better attend to the things that you need to attend to at the moment uh, and, you know, get yourself ready for more things, that's good. You know, pay attention to yourself and what you can handle. But if you're just so caught up in your own shit that you're simply not seeing what's being offered in front of you, that's going to be a problem and it's going to cost you down the road as there are opportunities that you are missing out on. So, you know, check in with yourself. Make sure you're only taking on the things you can take on. But also be aware that if you're just getting all wrapped up, caught up in your own bullshit, you're going to be missing out. Uh, that is the message of this card, and that is the message I leave you with as we venture out into the rest of the weekend. Uh, thank you for listening. As always, I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed my review of The Joker, or you are very, very angry with me. In which case, in either way, interact with me on the social medias. At Skits Jones, S-K-I-T-Z-J-O-N-E-S, all one word, on most of the things, or email me skitsmjones at gmail.com or if you're on the Anchor app you can drop a uh, little voice message that I will be able to listen to and uh, perhaps even include in a future episode of the Trash Fire of Talk podcast. So with that being said a little bit of a shorter episode uh, but that's cool. Shit to shit to do. We've all got lives to live. Thank you for listening. Uh, the only thing I can ask of you is, as always, keep that trash fire burning.